We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. You can drive to a brick and mortar bank location or you can bank from the comfort of your own home. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. I choose to biz- do my business with Emprise Bank and you should too. So they have all the tools to give you a phenomenal banking experience wherever you live. They are helping with the KCSN draft guide. They are, uh, it's been wonderful uh, partnering with them. Our partner impossible here at KC Sports Network. Really excited to be talking to my buddies today. I am, they're, they're not dorks. They're wonderful humans. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Maddie underscore KCSN. Matthew Lane, dear pal, I'm going to butter you up this time. Do you think I need you to defend me? What is this? Can I not stand up for myself, Kent? Goodness. This is ridiculous. First, you call me a dork. Now you come to fight my battles for me like I'm somehow lesser than you just because you got back from vacation this week. Okay, I, I get it, Hollywood. That's okay. Now, Craig, you got to do this. I'm about to be out of you. Got, you got to take over. Okay, man. Uh, I'll take over. I'm just going to shoot from the hip this entire episode on everything that we're going to talk about. I'm, I'm just going to wildly predict players in positions that they have no business being in, especially in the first round. So get ready for this mock draft that we got coming up for you. Now, Craig, yeah, we're gonna why, do a full- why is there a whiteboard behind you with numbers? There's white- what? There's whiteboard. I'm going to listen. Every time we do one of these mock drafts, we hear from people in the comments. They say things like, oh, man, you know, wish there was some way that there was, you know, the player names, the players that you picked up there. Guess what, guys? They're going up here. So you'll see them as the episode goes along and my terrible handwriting up here behind me. So if you forget who the Chiefs have drafted, or if you just want a random recap at some point of the episode, it will just slowly populate through here. So keep an eye on that. And if you are listening audio only, you will not be able to find that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it will not YouTube. be in the description. right there. It won't, it won't be in the descriptions. What will be in descriptions is a link to the KCSN draft guide if you would like to purchase that because it's out. It's been out for a week. This is like the one week anniversary of it releasing. Uh, if you would like to uh, purchase 300 pages of Chiefs-specific draft content, you can click the link below in the description uh, of this podcast, uh, this YouTube video, or just go to gum.co slash KCSN22. So 
Uh, yeah, what we're going to do today, we want to do a full Chiefs seven-round mock draft. We are not doing trades today. We are going to do 12 picks today. Uh, really only eight because the last four don't count. They count. You They're on the there. board. They're right here, right behind me. They're the... Not right if here. you slide slightly to your left. Oh, okay. good. We're making now. six picks now. today. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're making seven. You didn't Man, that's how player. Brett Veach is going to make that happen, isn't he? He's just going to slide <laughs> a little bit over. He's just going to put Craig in front of him. <laughs> can I can okay, I share fine. with you guys? Can I share with you guys my, my strategy for this mock draft? It's to draft yes. the players with the most difficult names to spell. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's and good. Craig's got to pronounce them right. I was like listening back. Like the like Craig calls him Thibodeau. Tavon Kavon Thibodeau. It's Thibodeau. It's Thibodeau. It's Thibodeau. Tibata. <laughs> Papados. <laughs> All right, let's get going. This is going uh, well. The we're we're at pick twenty nine for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, there's some interesting players on the board. You got Kyer Elam out of Florida, the cornerback. You got Daxton Hill, the safety. Lewis Seen, the safety out of Georgia. Traylon Burks, wide receiver out of Arkansas. Boye Mafe, the edge out of out of uh, Minnesota. Dave Ojabo, you know the guy we keep talking about out of Michigan, the guy with the torn uh, Achilles. Value here potentially. Um, there's some good players on the board here guys uh, i'm pretty sure george pickens is on the board too so um what are we thinking here where are we going let's what, what, what's on your mind here boys well this is the this is the only unfortunate thing about doing enough mock drafts is you kind of know how these things generally play out and so you're always going to have essentially this same general look is what's going to come from most mock draft machines and you get to the chief's pick right and that's not a bad thing it's just I don't want to get over repetitive by constantly mock drafting the same guys over and over again to the Chiefs. So I'm going to I'm going to suggest a slight mix up on something that I think could be pretty realistic come draft day. Let's say the wide receivers came off the board a little bit faster. Let's say okay. they did. Let's say that Traylon Burks is off the board. Let's say George Pickens gets drafted where he should. And mm -hmm. instead, I don't know what's left in this mock draft, but we're just going to pretend those guys are off the board just for the sake of this for a second. You're deciding between Jahan Dotson and Sky Moore as your best wide receiver, and Christian Watson is your best wide receivers left. What, does any of those guys tickle your fancy at pick 29, or would you rather wait and try to sort that out later? I would personally rather wait and sort that out later. We talked about the tiers of the wide receivers a little bit in some previous episodes. We've got plenty of wide receiver conversation. If you want to find out our, our kind of details on all these guys, at that point, I feel like the value isn't at its strongest right there so i would almost rather go with one of these defensive backs that's there whether that's you know a scene or a daxton hill or jalen petrie even at the safety position or maybe a kair elam if you really feel comfortable is andrew booth still on the border did he get drafted already kent because oh he gone Okay, I was going to say, there's a potential with him with medicals to be there as well. I think that the value of those guys outweighs the value at the wide receiver position in those. So I would lean defensive back in that scenario if I'm making a choice between wide receiver or defensive back. But I'm cool with Lewis Seen if we want to go there at 29, but we have another pick to sort out in here too. So I mm -hmm. still present the same Sky Moore question. I would assume you could follow it up with the Kyrie Elam. You could go also go to the defensive end position, maybe defensive tackles. Like, where's where's your mind at with this right now, Kent? Actually, I think I'd probably consider Sky Moore here. 
uh, with one of those first first round picks, if I'm being honest, because you're looking at the run going off. If some of these guys we're talking about trailing Burks being off the board and I'm I'm staring at Jahan Dotson, Sky Moore, and I remember who else you said, but Christian I, Watson. I'm Christian Watson. Yeah, I think I'm rolling with Sky Moore because I'm worried. I mean, it sounds like the value at wide receivers falling quick. This is one of those kind of I don't want to say is a doomsday scenario but it's a pretty bad scenario for this team. My only counterpoint is if this scenario does present itself, Andrew Booth's probably on the board when the probably. Chiefs pick at 29, somebody like that. But mm-hmm. in this scenario, I'm good with a Lewis scene to start the draft. I think making him the quote unquote face of your draft. I like that. Uh, and then going and, and, and backing up with Sky Moore out of, out of uh, Western Michigan at the receiver spot. Those are the moves. I love both of those moves. I don't know how you if, if you guys if you guys have any you know other ideas here, but I, I like that start. Listen, that's that's two of my guys from the KCS and draft guide. So I, I'm, uh-huh. I'm certainly I'm certainly not going to complain about this. Um, I think Maddie is secretly just trying to sway yeah. this whole conversation <laughs> no. to us drafting all of his my guys. Never. Um, I mean, I mean, the Chiefs are having them all visit. Let's. It's true. They are. Um, Let's let's just bring this up real quick. Sky Moore, early on here with the group of receivers that the Chiefs have right now. It's not to say that he's not you know doesn't factor in in a big way going forward here, but in the group of receivers that they have right now, where do you see him fitting in? Is it the slot? Is he going to be a guy that's going to operate out of the slot early? Are you essentially drafting a slot receiver? And you know. Maybe that's his floor. That's still a quality player. As much as the Chiefs use 11 personnel, he's going to be on the field plenty. But is that a guy that you're go- that you're willing to spend a first-round draft pick on if you see him as more of a slot player? So why I would entertain Sky Moore and why I even brought this up is, yes, he's short, but at 191 pounds, he's not small, right? Mm-hmm. So I think on you look at this Chiefs wide receiver group, they have their slot with Juju Smith-Schuster and McCole Hardman. They have one outside receiver. And MVS isn't necessarily your possession X receiver, but he also mostly runs routes on the vertical route plane, which is a lot of what an X receiver does. Your X receiver isn't stretching the field horizontally a ton. So like that's, he can play your X in this Andy Reid offense. You're looking at needing a Z in this potential scenario. I think Sky Moore would come in. He's your best or second best receiver at getting off the line of scrimmage immediately. I mean, he's better than McCole Harden is right now in terms of beating a press or beating a guy off the line of scrimmage. Juju's always been best in the slot. I think you put Sky Moore, you let him play as your Z a little bit. He can go back inside. And then as far as actual usage, he's never going to be Tyree Kill. He's a similar build, but he's never going to be Tyree Kill. He's not as fast. He's not as agile. He's not that. But I do think that he can run a lot of those same routes. You're looking for someone to replace Tyree Kill's usage in RPOs those slants, those little quick outs to the flat, that's Sky Moore's bread and butter. That's literally all he did at Western Michigan. You want to have him stretch the field on a deep post, a deep over route. These are things that he does really, really well. And then when you do get him isolated one-on-one, you can let him actually take advantage of those matchups. Like I think he can replace you know, 75% of what you asked Tyree Kill to do. Not as good, but he can take over a lot of that role better than a Hardman or a Juju Smith-Schuster might be able to. Well, and I'll, I'll even add, so like, I mean, there's nothing traditional about the Chiefs X wide receiver these days. No. I mean, the way that this Chiefs of the Chiefs run their offense, you're going to see him, you know, your X receiver is going to be stacked into a bunch anyway. Uh, he's going to be um, lined up all over the place. And Andy Reid, one of the things they talk about, and part of the reason that Andy Reid's offense is so difficult for rookies to learn is because they have to learn a lot of different positions. I think Sky Moore can operate in a lot of different areas. Um, and so I love the idea of that. So, I'm on board. 
with the first pick or with the 29th pick in the uh 2022k uh nfl draft the kansas city chiefs select lewis scene safety out of georgia uh Ooh, look at that hand ready that's beautiful craig i mean the the audio only listeners are just loving this riveting conversation um and then they back that up with uh wide receiver sky Moore uh out of western michigan so real quick maddie um let's just talk here real quick a little bit your boy lewis seen we spent a lot of time on him another one of your my guys um i i I think the move to make him the face of your defense or your face of your draft sorry makes a lot of sense um i know some people are really clamoring for daxton hill in this scenario if bearcats listening um who's a little bit more of a slot type, a slot corner type, but I think Lewis seems a guy that you're going to be thrilled with having on your roster, you know, for the next decade. You want to know how this works. Just go look at the Buffalo Bills secondary or the Green Bay Packers secondary. You're looking at combos of Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer or Darnell Savage and uh, Adrian Amos. These are all four of these guys do a little bit of everything. Yeah, they might specialize in one area slightly more, but they're all capable of doing everything. Putting Lewis Seen with Justin Reed, that's exactly what you're doing. You're taking two guys that maybe Reed's a little bit better playing deeper in coverage rather than up in box. Maybe Seen's a little bit better running the alley or playing in the box and playing deep, but they're very interchangeable. Lewis Seen also has great length. You want to have him go jump in the slot against a tight end at his size? He can do it. You want to use that length and zone out of the slot? It'll work. Same for Justin Reed. Then you still have Juan Thornhill operating as a third safety as your kind of pure cover guy. Oh, guess who played cornerback in college relatively well? Juan Mm -hmm. Thornhill. It's like there's a lot of versatility he brings. So I get the desire for Daxton Hill. I just think Lewis Seen brings a different level of IQ that's not necessarily there and allows you to be a little bit more flexible and versatile between all of your different positions. And that's that's the part that I think people get hung up on Daxton Hill very clearly can play in the slot. He has done so at a high level and he's done so very well. So people immediately see that and say, Oh, I remember 2019 when the chiefs used Tyron Matthew there and how well that worked. And I totally get, it. I understand. I'm not mad at Daxton Hill here, but Lewis seen Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed give you some ridiculous flexibility. Like those three can, you know, take the field together in the nickel and you don't know who's going to be where. You don't know where you're going to be able to target. You know, we've seen times where the Chiefs are, you know, a little locked into certain things that they're doing. You know, Tyron Matthews patrolling the middle of the field and he does it really well, but you largely know that he's not going to be your deep guy. You largely know that, you know, Dan Sorensen in the dime is going to be in the box. He's not going to be a deep guy. These three allow you flexibility, versatility, and allow you to run a whole different combination of things. Plus, they're all quality, explosive players that can blitz from the slot, that can blitz from deep. Like Steve Spagnuolo would be able to utilize those three guys in a rotating methodology that would be very confusing for offenses. So even though it just seems like the ideal fit of a guy that just can line up and can always play in the slot, the way that the NFL is going, so many of those things, there are guys that are defending the slot from deep and coming downhill. These guys can definitely do that. It's where the NFL is kind of going. So it makes sense to have three guys that can do 
everything at a high level. You know, this is not just like a jack of all trades thing. At a high level, can do a little bit of everything and be successful. That that makes for a very difficult defense to throw against. All right, let's move on to Friday of this draft, and the Chiefs got that mid second round pick from Miami as part of the Tyreek Hill trade. <clears throat> We've already taken receiver. I think we've got to look at defense again. Ed, I mean, we we took we took safety. We took the best player on the board with Lewis Seen. Um, edge cornerback, I think, are two positions we got to take a, a, a heavy look at. I'm looking at a couple. I would of also say D tackle. I think mm -hmm. we'll read those first, but let's see. The, I want to see the value at defensive tackle after we look at those. <clears throat> All right, we are going to look at defense. Or we're going to look at edge first. We're going to go. I, you got Logan Hall, which I don't think I don't think Logan Hall will be there. Josh, and he doesn't. Fit. He's more of an interior guy. Josh Pascal uh, out of Kentucky, Drake Jackson uh, out of USC, another guy worth kind of taking a look at here. Um, cornerback, we'll look. We got Tariq Woolen uh, is available. Um, you've got uh, Martin Emerson available. A couple guys that we have pretty well regarded around this range. And then we'll look at interior defensive line. Uh, you know, you've got you've got your you got Zachary Carter, Fedarian Mathis. Uh, those are going to be more of like your, you know, in, your penetrating interior players. Um, so I don't really know if there's great value, like, you know, interior penetrators kind of at the interior defensive line. I think you're kind of looking at a guy like Tariq Woolen, Martin Emerson, uh, Drake Jackson and Josh Pascal. I think that's the group there, Maddie. What do you think? Yeah, that's, that's not a great pick 50. Um, This is about where I think the draft really falls off. And I think this situation here that we're looking at really shows that because that's... Mm -hmm. So Drake Jackson's interesting because the, the athletic profile shows the sky's the limit. But when you go throw on the film, I don't think that athleticism has translated to the field a single time in the past three years. And I get it. USC's coaching staff has been terrible, but you're literally looking for two to three plays a game that showcase his ability to be a high-end player. So like taking that at 50, I mean, off of literally two to three plays a game, that's a that's a long step for me. Pascal, on the other hand, a lot more consistent. You know what you're going to get with him. It's just the upside's nowhere near the same. I don't love either at 50. I think I'd rather have either one at 62, but I don't know if they're going to be there. Um, and same thing with corner. I think Tariq Woolen to feel safe. I would take him at 50 and I don't like that picky. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm stumped right here, Craig. If this is what I was looking at at 50, I honestly would look to trade back five, six spots and see if there was somebody, somebody loved because I don't like the value of any of these mm -hmm. players that we're talking about. No, at this point, if you're drafting for like best player available sort of thing, you're probably looking at linebacker or offensive line. I'm guessing just based on the way the, the guys that are left on the board yeah, here. All that, is Tyler Smith available? Offensive tackle out of Tulsa. If he's available at fifty, I I, I would go that route. No, nope. nope, okay. Well, not available. see, this is this is a bad. You know, this is a way it could shake out in a bad way can, for it. I, I don't. To be yeah, honest, I love this. I love that we're in this situation mm -hmm. right now because this yeah. is probably more realistic than oh, look, you know, hey, every player that we love just fell to everything fell the Chiefs' way. Yeah, exactly. Make it a little I, bit harder. It's good. I like Tariq Woolen as a project. This Tariq Woolen's not a guy that you're going to put on the field and go, Hey, you're going to be great day one. You're going to take care of the boundary day one. Like, I know that the ceiling is massive. I mean, he's a tier one dude. Your chances of him being a contributor in his rookie contract are significant, which I'm willing to take that gamble on a guy. It's just 
50 when you've got the holes that you have and you don't have the defensive line basically help that you do, it almost, I, and I hate to say this, but I'd almost rather invest in the defensive line at this point than I would trying to take a stab on a corner that I can pretty much say is going to be not a red shirt year out of him, but he's, it's going to take a while for him to come up. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm open to whatever. I, I think that just with the space on the defensive line as it stands right now, I'm not willing to take that gamble at this point. I think I agree, Craig. I think you got to try to take a swing along the defensive line and make sure you secure somebody up front. And I know the interior group doesn't look great. The edge, like, I mean, if you told me the Chiefs took Josh Pascal out of Kentucky or if you told me that the Chiefs took Drake Jackson out of USC at edge, I think I'd be okay at 50. I mean, it's not going to be my favorite pick necessarily, but I'm going to understand both of them, especially the way the board's playing right now here. Um, so I, I think we should go defensive line. I think we should go edge here. Um, Maddie, I'm going to let you pick, though, because I know oh, you're boy. not happy. But I'm going to make uh, you pick between Josh oh, Pascal and Drake Jackson. Okay, I, I was going to throw one other scenario out, and it can be a quick yes or no. Was Dotson or Watson still available at wide receiver to double dip right off the top? Specifically Watson. I don't mm. care about Dotson to pair with Sky Moore. I think that's kind of redundant. No. Okay, that's okay. fine. That that was my only thing, and I wouldn't love doing. Apparently, seventy wide. players have been taken in the top fifty. <laughs> that's what it seems like, right? A good lord. Um. All right. I, in a different world, would consider taking. Would probably take Drake Jackson over Zach Pascal. But I'm gonna go with. I would say Zach Pascal out of Kentucky here. I think the safety net of knowing that he can come in and play on day one, the fact that he can do it right now, and the fact that Craig has to look up how to spell his name is bonus points. Um, well, I, I took me a second because his name is Josh, but we're, oh, we're I, calling him Zach. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, I I just wanted, did I say I Zach Pascal or did you? I at least did. Um, you may have too. It's Josh. I might have too Pascal. because he's that receiver out of uh, he's the receiver out of the Colts. Yeah, it's Josh Pascal. Yeah. So Josh Pascal out of Kentucky. He's technically a low fit for Steve Spagnolo, but he's a low fit by literally half an inch to which you can easily round that up. Um, and he's a low fit by like an eighth of an inch on arm length. And the combine has been low on everyone's arm length. So the way he plays good run defender inside, outside flexibility, I say you take him at 50 and you look for your upside edge a little bit later in the draft. Cause I actually do think there's a couple nice project defensive ends that you can have later on day two that you may not be able to get this safe day one starter. And Pascal does bring you that question. And just throwing this to the both of you here, would you rather take Paschal here at 50 versus Carl Loftus at 29? Paschal? It's, it's spelled like Paschal. I know it's, I know it's Pascal. I know, but, but it's, it's we've like been Paschal. saying Pascal this whole time. And then you just go and do I that. was, we were also saying Zach. So yeah. So. <laughs> But would you would you rather Paschal. take him at fifty or George Karloftis in a small trade up because I don't think he's going to be available at twenty nine. Let's say the early twenties and you have to give up an asset for him. Karloftis is clearly the better player, but we're talking mm. higher floor Boys. type of guys here. Are you ready for this? Uh, Karloftis in the trade up, and I I think I started like a little bit of the Chiefs Kingdom disdain for George Karloftis, and I think it's gone too far now. I think if you get Karloftis at pick 29 or 30, you should be ecstatic as a Chiefs fan. I think if I the Chiefs trade it. up, if the Chiefs even trade up using just a fourth round pick, I think you should still feel good. Much more than that, I get the concern because I do think it's a little bit riskier. But uh, Karloftis has an idea of how to rush the passer. 
Pascal just kind of explodes into blockers and hopes it wins. And it does at times, but like he doesn't have a ton of a plan, nor did he get many options in that Kentucky defense. So I think Carl Loftus is quote better as a pass rusher on day one with a much higher ceiling. Although Pascal's ability as a run defender is clearly superior than Carl Loftus. Like that's where I am. I would rather trade up for Georgie. Pick tw- uh, 121 will get you up to about pick 25. Maybe Buffalo's interested in moving him back a little bit. Um, pick 103, the, um, the the Ryan Poles pick, will get you up to about 24. Uh, or no, it'll, yeah, it'll get you up to yeah, get you up about 24. So, um, you know, you gotta you got to give a sizable investment to get much past that. Or you're loading up a couple picks to make it work. So just something to kind of keep an eye there. Uh, yeah, I, it's... I don't want the Chiefs to spend too much to move up for Carlottis, but I'm very content with them at 29. That's kind of where I've kind of arrived. I'm I'm good with them at 29. Okay, so we're sitting here, and the Chiefs are now at pick 62. They have addressed safety, and just so you know, a part of this part of this cascading you know issue that we're seeing is paying for the sins of drafting the best player available in the draft, Lewis Seen. All right, for 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 where the Chiefs were sitting. So like, I think that's part of it. Is like you're you know still cool with it. Still completely yeah. cool with it. <laughs> I'm not, but I'm just saying, like the 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 way you're having to kind of you know cringe a little bit at, at the idea of taking Josh Pascal at pick 50 is because you got a dude at safety and having him uh, and Justin Reed in your secondary, where you know the Chiefs have had a lot of success with a lot of you know having a lot of talent stacked in you know middle out. Um, I mean, hey. There's worse. There's worse things to to be. Um, there is a lot of running backs available in this uh, in this scenario too. By the way, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Do we want to look at corner? Is this the move? Do we need to go? Because because uh, Tariq Woolen's gone. Um, at you know at pick sixty two, Martin Emerson's sitting out there. Josh Williams out of Fayetteville State, which is another Maddie guy. <laughs> like, do we just keep stacking up Maddie guys? Those are those are probably two of the best values if you're looking. Um, you know where the you know where the Chiefs are sitting there at corner. 
Um, as far as everything else, Daniel Falele out of uh, out of Minnesota, the, the giant behemoth of a right tackle. Um, Chad Muma, the linebacker out of Wyoming. Trey McBride. Um, there's there's probably some tight ends. I'm I'm, re- I'm wondering if Greg Dolchich is available. Um, he is uh, he's available as well. So there's some tight end value there. Uh, what do you think, Matthew? What you like here? Listen, if we just go Joshua Williams or Greg Dolchich, then we're just going right down the mat. He's my guy. So um, the, I, I could tell you the, the rest of this draft, at least for the rest of day two, is going to be not great for the Chiefs. Just the way how bad pick 50 line for them. Like you're going to be reaching, I think, a little bit for a lot of value. I love Joshua Williams. I think 62 is a little earlier than I'd want. And I get it. Mm-hmm. He might not make it to 94. I fully mm-hmm. understand. So I would understand taking him here. I have Joshua Williams a lot closer to Tariq Woolen, like where I'd be willing to draft them than I think like the rest of the world and maybe not the NFL, but the rest of draft media. It's like, I'm okay with him. Um, I think McBride, Dolchich, either one is a lot, a good, a pretty good value here at tight end. I, it's not, it's just, it's not a great spot for the chiefs. Um, it, I assume what? Drake Jackson did come off the board between 50 and 62. Off the board. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll not- let you guys battle this one out right now because it sounds like we're kind of leaning into guys that are my guys or Martin Emerson. It's like, we'll let you guys duke this one out. But I, again, don't love the value here. I will I, say I that think- this is too early for Josh Williams for me. We're, if we're talking about Tariq Woolen struggling to get on the field, Josh Williams is going to also struggle. Like, that's a serious step up in competition. Now, he looked fine at the Senior Bowl. Like, it, I, there are lots of things that I like about him, namely his length. But I think this is way too early i i don't think he's a second round player now watch my counterpoint would be i feel better throwing him out there and saying throw hands and i do Tariq woolen on day one oh, i absolutely I don't agree yes. that Woolen's not a better player but mm-hmm. if i just threw josh williams out there and said hey go punch that guy in the mouth for 62 reps oh like, he's gonna not, do it it's gonna be bad yeah. but yeah. it might go better than if it did with woolen that's my only counterpoint and i think mm-hmm. it's too early as well it, it would go better with martin emerson than both of those guys on day one in that regard I think uh, yeah, if we're talking coverage. day one. I think I don't play man. I understand. <laughs> I I like the idea of Martin Emerson. I think he's the best value oh at the cornerback position. I think that's the move here personally. Any big I, big opposition. I'm like, I'm not. I I think it's fine value. Think honestly, I like. I think I like Martin Emerson a little bit both more than both of you guys anyway. But I like the move, and I think that she's need to address corner quick. And I think I think that this is about the spot for him i don't think he's going to be around at 94 either um i tight end would be the other position that i would consider here but with all those guys still on the board i'm willing I to think, let i'm willing to yeah. let it fall to 94 so i think I'm you fine might with be Martin able to Emerson. catch one at 94 yeah mm-hmm. all right is we're gonna go receiver that would intrigue you i'm fine with the pick but is there any you can write it down it's martin emerson is there any receiver though that would tempt you here john mechie perhaps is there any receiver i mean i love john I, at 62 I love John Mechie. I think I no. I mean, I think you still got to be very intentional about making sure you're grabbing a guy at corner. And I think Martin Emerson can play uh, relatively quickly and the Chiefs desperately need an influx of talent. It is a pick for need. I won't argue that. Yeah, no, I, th- um, I think it's definitely a little bit of a reach for a need because I think he's so scheme specific. And I don't know if the Chiefs are ready to lock themselves into that kind of cover three that I think he right. has to play to excel. But I get it uh, being needing a corner. 
I also think uh, I said Mechie just because the injury pushed them down here. I think him and Sky Moore have the exact same role in any offense. So like it would be pretty redundant to take both of them. They're just kind of the same type of players. So, but just good football players. Yeah, good football players. That's the only reason I lobbed his name out there. Let's move on to right, ninety four. We're, we're on to pick ninety four, and there's a lot of tight ends available here. Oh, there is uh, Cade Otten out of Washington, a tight end. Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State. Uh, I believe he's got a little injury, hit, little injury bug too that could push him a little bit. Greg Dulcich, also the tight end out of UCLA, is also available. This is no prayer. I'm running to the podium, and I'm grabbing Greg Dulcich here. Yeah, I I would as well. I mean, he's not going to be an inline guy. Like you're not going to line him up in line, but that's fine. They don't always line Travis Kelsey up in line as well. Gives you another guy that can that can do a little bit of damage, can get some athleticism out there and move. You know, I I I like Dulcich a lot. I. I don't know. I just get I get the feeling that he's he's a very chiefsy tight end. So I I don't know. I, Maddie, I, how on board are you with your guy, Greg Dolchich? I think this is like a, a solid round later than you would have to take him. So like I would love it here. I yeah, think, the board, value finally fell to the Chiefs for once. Right. So like I'm on board with it. I think Greg Dolchich. I think he blocks better than he gives credit for. I think people see the long flowing hair and see all of his plays after the catch and running down the field. And they think that he's just a move tied in. And that's clearly where he excels. But I think there's a lot more in-line ability and it's just good enough, or at least the effort's just good enough that once he gets in the NFL, you hope it kind of, you know, improves. He can take that role from Kelsey. Not that he's going to take over for Travis Kelsey, but if you want to go with a single tight end that's in line, or you even want to do their little split stuff, you don't have to use Kelsey to go block every single play. Let's be real. Kelsey doesn't want to block. You can watch him anymore. He does not want to block. He peels away if he doesn't absolutely have to let let the young guy go take over and then still be a good receiving threat. So I'm fully on board there. And Travis Kelsey can play your X here. We don't have an X receiver. Travis Kelsey can be your de facto X here. Well, yeah, the, go grab a go grab a tight end uh, so that room is less stale. Did you know most coffee is dull, stale, and questionably sourced? But it's easy to get stuck in a rut and drink what you always have. Instead of standing in front of all the options in your grocery store, let Trade Coffee help you find something new to love. Take the quiz to get started. Trade Coffee guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll replace it for free. For our listeners right now, Trade Coffee is offering a total of $20 off your first three bags when you go to drinktrade.com slash KCSN. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free to get started. Take that quiz I just talked about at drinktrade.com slash KCSN and start your journey to your perfect cup. That's drinktrade.com slash kcsn for twenty dollars off your first three bags all right we're sitting here at pick 103 in this mock draft this full chiefs mock draft we have taken safety receiver edge cornerback tight end we are looking here often i i don't know if this is a situation where you take a best player available you look at maybe some offensive linemen i don't know what like i got a positional standpoint okay i got a theory i just want to ask would you rather take a guy that has character concerns at the end of day two and hope it gets buried at late in the draft or in round three or lead off your day three trick with it? Like, what do you think is better for a PR leading off day three where less people are probably watching or burying at the end of day two? Which one do you think is a better PR move for a guy that has character concerns? Day three. 
because leading day you three. finish day yeah you finish day two you got to immediately turn around and do a presser about okay. day two so uh, you have immediately have to answer questions about it right. whereas in day three you got more dudes to talk about as the chiefs D- gms right now we're crossing our fingers that sam williams makes to pick 121 <laughs> and then we deal with that s storm that comes oh. if he's still available then sam um, williams is not available in this scenario. What? That's wild. The team being riskier than the Chiefs must be the Cowboys. Okay. Yeah, it's got to be the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I got some names. Uh, uh, Josh Williams probably off the board now. Um, we got a lot of receiving options, and we just talked about how to use Kelsey as an X, or I would have considered somebody like David Bell. I feel like the bad athletic testing might push him to the end that. of day two, but mm-hmm. we've already invested so heavily in there, so maybe that's not the move. Jalen Armour Davis – I know which mock draft machine we're using, so he's going to be still be available. Um, I think this is I think this is the back end of his range, though. I don't think this is mm-hmm. wildly unrealistic for him to be here. If you wanted to get another corner that I think could play early-ish, who's good in press, who's good versus man, I think he's a name worth considering at this point in let's, time. Let's do it because I think, yeah, no, I like it. I like that move. I think that's a good one. I know like there's some injury concerns about him that might you know raise some questions, some durability questions. Um, I think this is a guy that, you know, can potentially be a really quality corner, quality special teamer uh, early on in his career. I like the move. Jalen Armour Davis out of Alabama. I'm good with that move. Craig, are you good with that move? He's turning I'm to right that move. No, I listen. You give yourself a little bit of a safer guy and Martin Emerson while Jalen Armour Davis with the injury history like you. You needed dudes in your cornerback room. Brett Veach does not typically invest in the cornerback room at this spot, but the way that the boards fell, I, I actually think that this probably, alongside the tight ends, probably decent value for these two guys. If you walked away in day two with Martin Emerson and Jalen Armour Davis, I'm I'm going to be pretty happy about that, if we're being honest. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a good little room there. Uh, and they need, I mean, they need it. They need, they need numbers there. So we're going to pick 121. Um, I think this is double dip territory again, potentially for wide receiver, you know, Maddie, I think that could be, I think that could be in play. Um, who's some I names think, that you like, who's some names you like, you want to know something? I, I, this, I think this is about where I'd start thinking about Justin Ross as a big X, X type receiver. Um, you know, the, the injury okay. history, obviously this, he's kind of had a weird up and down career. Um, but this is a guy that can win outside a big body guy that wins above the rim He's, you know, getting farther and farther away from the neck injury that almost ended his career. I know he didn't come back the exact same like he was his freshman season, but, um, you know, I think this is an interesting guy here and kind of fits that physical profile of an X type guy, uh, double dipping on Clemson receivers on day three, I guess is my, is my guess here. Um, Eric as out of Texas tech also available in this scenario. I think we're probably a little bit higher on him than most people are. Uh, in the KCSN draft guide, but another big body physical dude, maybe not a true X either though. Cause I think he can kind of operate in the slot a little bit as well, Maddie. Yeah. I think both those guys would be definite options. If the chiefs are looking for an X, I think uh, as a Kanma is a, uh, he's more of a yards after the catch guy with some ability to win vertically and contested catches. Ross is a more traditional X receiver, but Ross is Ross, number one, a lot of injuries starting to pile up there. And that athletic testing profile is really, really bad. And I don't know if you have enough film to say he can win a lot with that athletic profile. If he's lost a step, 
his film from this past year is not is barely worth this pick, right? It's like I it's a lot of risk for, in my opinion, to go for him. I'm not against it. I I'm I'm hearing you on wide receiver, and I'll let Craig get his idea. I, I'm thinking about edge though. What if we go for our higher upside edge at this spot? Like, is is a Dominique Robinson out of Miami of Ohio available? Yeah. So so is Alex Wright, and an mm. Alex Wright. Um, if they're both available, I mean, I, I think taking Pascal gives you the ability to take the bigger swing. And I think Robinson's the bigger swing. I think he's the more athletic guy. He has a higher absolute ceiling, especially because he's on the Gregory Rousseau path. Late switch from wide receiver to defensive end, started to churn out some production, you know, this final year at Miami of Ohio, even after the COVID year, which really messed with their season. I think he's got first bend. He's got it all. It's just, can he put it together? So like, I think he's a guy that I would look at in this spot too, um, just if you wanted to get that higher upside edge guy. Man, this is like, they're not mirror images of players, but a mirror image of trying to take, you know, a, a guy last year that was a little bit more of a project with a high upside, you know, being a, and Josh Kando taking him in the fourth round and saying, we're going to try and treat, train this guy, try and bring him up. Yeah. I like that move. Uh, you've got two swings on athletic profile. You've got two swings on that style of player now in the room and you've got a solid baseline like you're again you're going to be worse at edge it's not like all of a sudden you're going to be yeah. super awesome but man if you were looking at the future which you're in day three you're largely looking at the future then yeah i'm completely on board with robinson all right let's do it dominic robinson edge out of miami ohio is the pick at 121 uh, a former, like Maddie said, former wide receiver. It's a worthy swing, and uh, you know, like I, you know, I think we're we're insulating ourselves and giving ourselves multiple swings at these key positions, and I really like that. We haven't done it for receiver yet, but at the same time, we've also grabbed two patch catchers because we've grabbed Greg Dulcich as well. Um, so I like the way the boards put out, and we went best player. We were still able to do all this and go best player available. Like I know we're not satisfied necessarily with where all these guys were selected in some of these picks, but at the same time. I think this is a relatively realistic scenario that we've just created. And I feel very good about where this draft has gone to this point. Sitting at 131. Fun, fun fact. Oh, go. Robinson. Uh, high fit for Steve Spagnuolo. Not elite, not perfect fit, but high fit because of his weight. But uh, his pro day weight is actually over Steve Spagnuolo's threshold. So like I just <laughs> went with the combine numbers. Combine, I believe he came in in the 250s, almost low 250s, but come pro day, he was up at 263. So, you know, just just worth noting that he's flirting right there around that idea of, you know, adding some weight and stuff. So in terms of Spags fit, he's a guy that, as far you don't get too many project defensive ends that fit Steve Spagnuolo's profile because guys that Period. show athleticism at that size go quickly. They go early. Yeah. They jo got Kando last Joshua year. Kando. <laughs> yeah, Dominique Robinson, like right, you don't get many of them, so it's just it's worth the range. It's pretty rare. All right, so we're sitting at pick one thirty-five. I think you could look at tackle here. I think this is. I think that's a spot that you might want to look at. And Cordell Volson's not a tackle; he's probably a guard, but he has that guard tackle flexibility, and maybe he could stick up in a pinch at, at right tackle, similar to how Andrew Wiley has been able to hold up well there. I really like Cordell Volson a lot here. Matt Willetsko, another. I don't know if this is a my guy for Maddie, but like. I know he loves Matt Willetsko out of North Dakota. Um, Matt Max Mitchell out of Louisiana is a guy I really like. Um, some interesting, some interesting candidates. Zach Tom out of Wake Forest here as well. Do you want to look at tackle here? Do you like do you like the move of tackle? I think this is a sweet spot where you go try to find a developmental tackle 
that might be able to, you know, potentially contribute at right tackle quicker than we're, you know, anticipating. So like, I think these, like some of these guys potentially could be that. I'll let you guys find it out. I'm okay with your wide receiver move of the Justin Rosses, the mm -hmm. variety, if you want to go that route, or if you want to go tackle, I like all the guys mentioned. I obviously, yes, but let's go was another Maddie, my guy. Um, He'd be my number one. I think Max Mitchell, I don't remember Andy Reid's preference on arm length for offensive tackles. So I think Max Mitchell's arm length might not, uh, 33 and a half inches, that should actually be nope. fine, right? No, short? Nope. I, God, I think it's short. I think it was like 34 that's, and an eighth or That is 78th percentile. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Listen, Ooh, we talked about how, how Andy was a little bit of a size queen last year. So, I mean, right, we're... No, I get it. And that's I'm trying to quickly look. So, well, let's go. Apps. Oh, my God. Well, let's go with 36-inch vines. There Put them on the go. board. There we All right. Go. Put them on the yeah. board. Do, do we want to do, do him or do we want to look at wide receiver? Because I, I mean, I, by the time I you think circle back around, you're not you're getting not either getting one of these. One. Yeah, you're not getting value yeah. in either one of these. So you have to decide, are you bringing in the guy to compete with Wiley and Yang at right tackle? Or are you trying to bring in a guy that you hope develops and competes with Powell and Gordon and um, Corey Coleman to be your ex? Go get Matt Willetsko. Let's go get Matt Willetsko. I feel very strongly about this, and Maddie is just reigning supreme in this draft. Uh, Matt Willetsko, offensive tackle out of North Dakota, 36-inch fines. <laughs> As He's got... His ankles look like wrists. It's like that's my only concern. Is like he doesn't look like a, like what the Chiefs' new offensive line looks like. He's very linear, very kind of skinny jointed, which is a thing. Like you know, if you have skinny yeah. ankles and offensive tackle, it bothers me. That's yeah. yeah, that's why I was leaning towards Max Mitchell. But I mean, we're talking three inch difference in reach here. Like we know <laughs> where think, Andy's going. I think Max Mitchell's a sneaky guy that could wind up playing right tackle right. quickly for somebody. Like that's, that's the only thing for me. I was like, I honestly think he might. Like I think if I the Chiefs draft Matt, Max Mitchell in the fourth round, they might be getting in a right tackle starter. I wanted to force that move in there just because like he fits with Trey Smith, with Creed Humphrey, with what they're doing on the offensive line. He fits better. Um, but Andy Reid is very specific about the length. I like let's go better and just overall as a prospect. So like I'm fine either way. It was just and this makes a much more difficult name for Craig to have to spell out. Um, and but Max Mid <laughs> Max Mitchell <laughs> definitely is an interesting name. I would be happy if the Chiefs took Max Mitchell there too. Same with Zach Tom. I think he has some same issues as well. Let's go just being a little less powerful, but like I get the athletic profile and wanted to take him. It's the length. I... It's, the, oh, it's the length element of it. I mean, we've seen that with with Orlando Brown. We now, I mean, this this would fit. Like the, the, Lucas Niang has you know super long vines for arms as well. So it matters. We know we've heard Jeff Allen talk about it before that King Dunlap is Andy Reid's favorite offensive tackle. I mean, King Dunlap is a freakishly large human with with super long arms as well if Andy Reid is spending assets on a tackle we have seen him time and time again invest in length I know everybody points to you know the point that uh that uh Mitchell Schwartz has shorter arms but like I mean we we we've heard Jeff Allen say that on his podcast you know talk about it multiple times before that Listen, he valued this length and he valued guys like King Dunlap until Mitch Schwartz came available. But if he's got a guy that he's projecting to, I mean, I can't remember. That was like four or five weeks ago that Jeff even said that. So it's out there. Andy Reid likes it, but he wants the length. 
he wants the guys that fit his standards. We know the coaching staff is going to go out of their way to draft guys that fit their standards. They're spending a pick. They're not going to sacrifice for it, just like you shouldn't sacrifice your liquor purchasing by going to McAdoodles coming to Kansas City in summer of 2022. Great selection, great pricing, and absolutely perfect customer service. They're going to set you up with exactly what you want. If Andy Reid were to walk in there, they would somehow find a way to find an offensive tackle with 34 and an eighth inch arms or longer. They are going to set him up perfectly. So we need lots of these all over Kansas City, all over the Midwest. If you are a franchisee, get a hold of Roger, info at macadoodles.com and get one that is exactly what you want in your local area, just like Andy Reid once length at the offensive tackle position we are in the best time of this mock draft because All maddie right, you has guys to can make... speed run this now <laughs> <laughs> my yeah we got to make some round seven picks the chiefs have four uh i think let's let's go run through some of these really quick um where what position you want to go through maddie what you like you, you want to go dra- try to grab a receiver you should pick whoever your favorite guy is. Like Craig will pick his favorite potential round seven guy. We just everybody just take. I got mine. <laughs> Valus Jones is gone. He is gone. He's gonna be gone. Unfortunately, my Velas my Jones, guy in the draft. Velus Jones is con- confirmed gone. I'm Man. gonna go with a. I'm gonna go with a wide receiver that I bet he sticks. It's Dontario Drummond. Out of Ole Miss, a big physical one at wide receiver, one of the biggest guys, uh, powerful density in this class, willing blocker, tough catch, got, got tough contested catch type guy. He's gonna catch through contact. A uh, really solid football player. I think he's got a you know kind of the right mentality to play special teams, which I think he's gonna have to if he's gonna want to stick in the National Football League. But I bet he sticks. And if you are looking for golf clubs. Check out sticks. They are wonderful. I've been, you know, talking about them for like the last year. You know, I've been um I've been kind of getting into golf over the last few years. I needed something. I needed something different than what I had, that basic set. This set performs like all the big brands that you're always thinking about, but at half the price. They are an incredible value. They're the best value in golf. I found them. I've loved them. Go to sticks.golf. Use promo code KCSN10. You'll get 10% off the club order just by using that promo code. Go to sticks.golf and use promo code KCSN10 to get your set of sticks. You will not regret making that choice. We're going Dontario Drummond, the wide receiver out of Ole Miss, pick 233. Matthew, are we letting Craig go first? Are, are you um, wanting Craig to go first? Well, he writes, I'll filibuster real quick. Um, is Terrell Bernard available linebacker out of, out of Baylor? I don't uh, know. Yes, he is. We are taking Terrell Bernard linebacker out of Baylor. He is not the size that um, Steve Spagnuolo usually likes at his linebacker position, but he has a little bit of length. He's a guy that has played a little bit of safety. In the past, he's a guy that long, fast, you know, has that coverage ability. He's only sub 220 pounds. So he's a smaller guy. He's going to have to put on some weight in the NFL, but four, five, nine, 40, pretty explosive guy, good change of direction ability. I think he's a guy that can come in. He's pretty, he's smart. He's been considered one of the leaders of Baylor's defense, you know, under Dave Aranda for the past two seasons. He can come in and attempt to start to replace some of those Ben Neiman type roles 
you know, backup linebacker, play on some coverage downs, give you a lot of special teams. He's full of energy, very leader guys. Just, it's a good round seven pick when you know you're going to get the floor of a high character and a special teams player. If he develops into more, that's great. I think he has the coverage ability to be a special teams plus type of player if he gets on the defensive side. So we'll go Terrell Bernard, linebacker out of Baylor, just to get some more speed on the second level of that defense. Ben I'm going back. No, he's not. Hang on. Not because Terrell Bernard's there and because I'm also drafting Reed Blankenship to we fill his more name of, No, to fill okay. more of a special teams role. Reed Blankenship Zane is going to be there. Like, I mean, listen, <laughs> Dave Tobe is going to have an influence on this. And Steve Spagnuolo needs more in a safety room. Like, even though we drafted Lewisine and you got Justin Reed, I mean, Juan Thornhill, they still need some more dudes. You want to take more swings on that. Reed Blankenship is a very safe option. Smart guy, going to be able to run your special teams unit. And in a pinch, in some too high looks, he's going to be able to play. He's a pretty good tackler. He's been a guy that's played for a lot of years, played a lot of football, and he loves football. And we know how much this team loves guys that love football. At this point in the draft, like if Blankenship is there, which I assume he is because Kent hasn't stopped me from going through all of this. I just think he's, he's an <laughs> he's an easy one to add to this team because he's probably going to stick. Like he really is not not another ad there, but probably going to stick on the roster because of his special teams ability. Sticks golf. Uh, we're gonna go grab a running back to close this thing out. I just mm, pour one out for the nose ends. tackle dream. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Chris we're gonna go. Very angry with you right now. We are gonna go. He's about to hear his name uh, drafted. Fine, we'll go to nose we'll go, tackle. We'll we'll go to interior <laughs> defensive line. We'll go look at a freaking nose tackle for Maddie. <laughs> um, do you want? Who do you want? Do you want Christopher uh, Hinton out of Michigan? All right, go for it. Tell us about him. Uh, I think I did. Um, he's a 310-pound nose tackle that played at Michigan. He played a little bit of kind of like their 4-I-5 tech as well as a defensive tackle. Excellent two-gapper. He's you know a little over 32-inch arms, which is decent for a defensive tackle, but his ability to extend guys off his body, peek over their shoulder, and escape either direction is really good. It Watching him two-gap did remind me a little bit of Derek Nadi at Florida State. You can just very clearly see how he plays with leverage, extension, and his ability to play both sides of a blocker. So I think Christopher Hinton is a good guy to kind of get in the chamber to pair with Tershawn Wharton, Taylor Stallworth, um, Colin Saunders, like all these other guys that are a little bit more this penetration upfield style. You do, in today's NFL, need guys that can plug up versus the run. Christopher Hinton can do that. Uh, again, he could be kind of that backup to uh, Derek Nadi, I think. All right. Well, it. that is going to do it for the KC Laboratory. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a lot of fun putting this 12-pick mock draft together. Look at all those my guys. Fun. I know. Maddie's beaming right now. Thank you guys so much. I'll catch you later. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online 
Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.